One, two, three, and to the four. It's Friday, motherfucker. Do you know what you're in for? Whoa, whoa, coming in blue and hot on this one. Uh, it's episode 82 of Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. I'm a vulgar nerd. Let's get the show started. Welcome to the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast, your source for motorcycles, mayhem, and misinformation. Listen, I can barely tie a shoe, let alone figure out this thing. Kangaroos are just leaping down the street every day. And isn't that funny how people say not to be an asshole, but you're going to go on to be an asshole. You're 41 and started a race career. My skin met the asshole. But these new ways kit my... I sound like a fat, hairy, bearded slob. I have to stop talking shit. All right, a couple of blurbs. Whatever they do with cocaine. All right, technically all chaps are assholes, right? chaps and my butts got all dirty all two of my butts got real dirty hey man this show just like chaps is assless so if you got some assless pants on you're doing good but if you don't get out of them babies shake a tail feather shake what your mama gave you shake your money maker oh man this isn't the shaking show so let's get back to motorcycles but i'm just saying it's friday loosen up baby hope you're ready ready to rock and roll um, so hey, hey everybody, it's episode 82, Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast, um, feeling good, I just released one on Monday because I just got back uh, from vacation late, late uh, Thursday, and um, so it's kind of, hasn't even been a week, but so much has happened, let me tell you all about it. <laughs> so before I get into this week's show, uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about the uh, the motor, well, I'd like to talk about the weather. I'll get into that in one second. I'd like to do a little recap of the 4th of July. Um, I hope you had a really good 4th. I was thinking about the stuff I said last episode about the 4th, and I just, I, I dropped these little nuggets, and they could be expanded on so, so, so much. They're just like the tip of the iceberg, and they're totally unmotorcycle related. I try to make it motorcycle related. That's what this whole show is about, right? So basically, uh, talking baloney last last weekend, I'm talking about uh, the bicentennial of America. I think I even said centennial. Hello, Corrections Corner. Um, and here in my notes, listen. No, don't listen to that. Listen to me. I'm reading my notes. Um, yeah, I just thought, you know, I really was thinking about the 4th of July the last couple of days and uh, thinking about, uh, it's so weird. I read to my kids every night and I uh, just happened to be reading them the Little House on the Prairie series. Um, I forget what it exactly it's called, but it's like a bunch of books that Laura Ingalls Wilder wrote about life in those times. And first off, let me tell you, it was, uh, you were always doing something. You were never like checking your Instagram and stuff like that. Cause they, there was like writers on the norm says no time. So at any rate, uh, I was just list, reading that and something the dad said it was, I happened to be reading in the, the chapter called independence day on independence day. My kids were like, ah, cause it's just so weird. We read another chapter called Saturday night and it was Saturday night. It was so weird, but it got me thinking, uh, I know we had Memorial Day. I know we have Veterans Day and all that great stuff. And the 4th of July is just kind of one more of those days where I feel like, you know, we didn't, the, a war was already happening. 
you know, it's not like we fired the first shot at the end of the war for independence on the 4th of July. Like literally that's the day that some, the first guy signed the declaration of independence. But uh, I still do feel like we're doing so much in this world right now and we're not recognizing um, enough of the people that do this stuff. I mean, there's still crazy stuff happening over in Afghanistan right now. Uh, people getting killed every day, all these crazy terrorist attacks abroad. Um, you know, people fighting ISIS right now, like, uh, contractors like not our military but just like crazy guys going over doing humanitarian stuff rescuing kids from like these piles of dead bodies it's gross like what's happening right now and i just thought you know what like the fourth of july i I think we used to shoot fireworks and stuff i think like when i was reading that book about you know in the the little kids then they would bring out these cannons from that were used like during the war, I guess. And they would just, the little kids of the town would run around and grab weeds and stuff them in and they'd shoot them off. Kind of like a demonstration of like, Hey, we use these things to win this country. And then I kind of think maybe that's where the tradition of fireworks started is maybe cause you know, Chinese have had invented gunpowder powder, um, thousands of years ago and we're using it in firecrackers ever since and, uh, making crazy big fireworks and all sorts of cool displays. And they know how to do a firework. If you ever watch like Chinese fireworks over in, in like China, yeah, dude, it's nuts. Like it, it pales in comparison to these little street firecrackers that you light off in the middle of your boulevard. But, um, but anyway, so I was just thinking like, as I'm watching this crazy, huge fireworks display, my mind's just rambling about like, dude, what does it take to make this happen? Blah, blah. And then I started thinking about the people that, you know, make it happen. And I was just thinking there's so many cool veteran stuff that we do through the motorcycle community. Um, you know, all the veterans charity rides, you know, a lot of guys that ride were in the military. They come home, they're looking for that brotherhood. Uh, so they join a club or something like that and ride. And yeah, just this, this, uh, fourth, I just got all patriotic, I guess. Um, and I don't know, I just felt motorcycle-tastic and patriotic-tastic and just really felt good, I guess. Hey, speaking of July and feeling good, I wanted to make sure that, uh, okay, I don't know how it is where you are, but where I am, it's going to be hitting triple digits. And I'm going to talk about the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge in a little bit, but it really got me thinking uh, about the conditions that uh, I'm going to be riding in and a couple other fellow riders are going to be riding in. And um, I know that, you know, for the most part, the South and the East in general is just humid as all hell and rainy here and there. Uh, you know, all, all summer long, thunderstorms, hell, hurricane, who, who knows what's going to happen, right? And east here, east of the uh, of the Rockies, you know, all the humidity is trapped in America. So pretty much east of there, it's humid. West of the Rockies, however, we are usually kind of dry and hot out here. We're kind of like the, I mean, there's the great American desert there, which is what the uh, pioneers used to call like the middle, like uh, Arizona, Utah, New Mexico, all that great stuff. After that, you got on this side of the of the uh, Sierra Nevadas, I guess it is, not the Rockies, but uh, the Sierra Nevadas here is where we're kind of like high desert all the time. 
And what's happening right now is that we're getting some of that humidity like they do on the East Coast. Now, the heat index means it can feel hotter than it actually is. We all know that. But what's happening here is we're getting Easter offshore winds, which means the wind is coming from inland and blowing offshore. <clears throat> Pardon me. And that's bringing all the heat from those desert states like, you know, Nevada and Arizona and all that great stuff pushing it this way. And so it's just hot. They call them Santa Ana winds um, because Santa Ana put a curse on SoCal. <laughs> I don't have any idea. Anyway, so these hot desert winds are blowing out. Plus, we're getting like this higher atmospheric Gulf Stream pushing up and it's bringing like warm tropical air from Mexico up. So we're getting like this crazy like swirl right here in SoCal of these, uh, op- you know, offshore winds plus the uh, tropical winds. And it's really going to boost the humidity and the temperatures already in places, you know, that get hot are just getting even hotter. And it's, it's a, and a lot of the places that I was riding last weekend for the motorcycle podcasters challenge, I was Hot. It was hot already. I mean, I was saying how hot it was out in Apple Valley and Grand Terrace and, and all that stuff out in San Bernardino. Um, but dude, it's going to get up to like triple digits easy. It's going to stay in triple digits and only get hotter. I think the hottest I saw was like 115. Um, might get up to like close to 120 out there in like Palm Springs, like Coachella, Indio, all that stuff that's out there heading toward the desert desert, um, the Mojave part of California. And so, dude, it's going to get crazy hot. If you're riding this uh, weekend or this week, actually, it's a, it's a high temperature warning uh, all week. I'm going to be out there in it trying to get some miles for the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge on a uh, air-cooled bike with a mesh jacket, I, I might wear a leather, ironically. When I might talk about this in a little bit. Um, but yeah, just uh, I just want to make sure you guys are all going to be careful because I know it's already going to be hot and muggy on the in the east there. And some people are saying there's going to be like thunderstorms and stuff. It just sounds like it's going to be as uncomfortable for you as it is going to be for us here on the West Coast. So um, yeah, just want to make sure everybody stays hydrated stay covered up. Um, I wear dark stuff ironically because my eyes are like super light sensitive. I have like glowing red albino rat eyes. And if uh, white clothing, even though it's supposed to be cooler, reflects like way up in them. I even have a hard time driving on the freeways here because they're white, you know, and then like the gray sky behind it. Ugh, terrible. So um, yeah, I feel like I'm driving through a cotton ball all the time. So at any rate, yeah, man, just uh, be prepared for this high, hot weather that's going to be uh, coming through SoCal. All right, let's move on to the uh, first segment of the show. Well, you may have heard me mention it 1,432 times now, the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. And what that is, is a friendly challenge put on by the fellas over at Loud Pipes. Not only the fellas, but the most talented and beautiful one of the group, Miss Natalie, who is uh, in some way related to one of the yahoos over there. And uh, I don't know how she puts up with them, to be honest. But yeah, they have uh, this great, great inter- or intra, is it intra or inter, uh, podcast challenge. And they don't automatically win just because they're the ones putting it on. 
which is kind of cool. Uh, but what it is, it's a challenge to get listeners out riding more, to get the shows out riding more, and to have a little bit more friendly competition and exposure. Exposure to both the uh, increasingly dangerous elements and also for uh, like to, you know, cross pollinate listeners and stuff like that and get everyone interested. I have to say it's totally working. Um, a lot of people, a lot of listeners have gone out and unduly and unreasonably uh, just tacked on thousands of miles to their bikes. Uh, I think I know I talked last week about uh, the fact that I traveled to Apple Valley and Grand Terrace, and I really would never have gone to either place if I hadn't been part of this challenge, which is exactly why it is super, super cool. Well, uh, I also made up a few letters last week. Um, I made it to Apple Valley, Grand Terrace, Norwalk, and I made up a couple letters. Um, they had a J which uh, I really couldn't find anything close, a Z and a K. Um, I found a J. Uh, listener Paul, um, who is also writing for my team, um, part of the listener challenge, is he clued me into a nearby, near enough by J that I'm going to go hit. Um, as far as K and Z, I probably have to just miss out on those, but there was a flash challenge, which is a, a, ch- a makeup chance to hit some points. Well, I didn't read the flash challenge until it was too late, almost too late. Uh, I had to work on Monday and it was due by Monday mornings at noon and I was already engaged in multiple things over the weekends. Uh, when you have a family and friends and, you know, blah, 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 and kids, basically, um, things go by very quickly quickly. So that really wouldn't have put me, I mean, it would have basically, I guess, helped a little bit, but, uh, I wanted to go over, I don't think I had the results last week and this week I have them up. Um, let me go over last week's results in dramatic fashion and hype it up for you. Week one motorcycle podcasters challenge results. Well, well. Overall, Loud Pipes taking the first week with 460 points, followed by Motorcycle Man with 400. In third place, the Wheel Nerds with 205 points, and a Lonely Rider, Creative Rider from the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast with 104 points. Terrible, but terrible, but guess what? All I did was hit one city and then literally five hours later was on an airplane. Like I slept for four and a half hours, got up, hit an airplane. So I really only had time to get one city. Uh, The week one individual listener challenge for the supporting podcast. Well, uh, Dangerous Dave Shoop. Man, that guy has just been on a tear. He got 304 points uh, in the first week. He was followed closely by Roger Smith uh, with 267 points. Uh, Our own Chris Singsheim is in third with uh, 231. Um, Actually, Paul Smith was in second with 291 in the first week. And uh, then Roger Smith. And then Chris Singsheim was in fourth with 231. Chad Rosenboom. Is that a mistake? Is it Rosenbloom? It's either, they spell it Rosenboom. I'll just call him Rosenboom. Uh, in last place with 114 points and Chris Vetch. So they didn't put it in numerical order, but let me break it down for you. Dangerous Dave, I mean, coming out on top no matter what. 
304 points blew everybody out of the water. Um, like I said, second place was Paul Smith. He did a hell of a lot of writing, had some really good uh, letter choices, which were high point value. Uh, so that really helped him. Roger Smith, he's on vacation. He's traveling, I don't know where from, Montana or maybe Michigan, all the way across the northern uh, part of the state. So he racked up quite a few miles, but not enough to edge out Paul. So he was in, sitting in third with a 267. Then Chris Singsheim with 231. Then uh, Chris Veach with uh, 171. Is it Veach, Veach, or Veach? <laughs> and then Chad Rosen, boom, with 114. So uh, things have flopped around in the second week. We got uh, the second week letters. Everybody went out and crushed them. I tried to get, uh, I got three out of the six. I couldn't find a J, I couldn't find a K, and I couldn't find a Z few people did find a Z. Ted from Motorcycle Man found Zieglerville for all fucks and farts, dude. Like, where the hell? Just incredible that you found that town. Good on you, bro. But, uh, you know, Chris Singsheim got Zion, which is only four letters, the Z being the only one worth any real point value, um, but still nailed it. And I think most, like, Paul and Chris have, for the most part, been getting almost all the letters. I don't think Paul got Z. Because if I couldn't find a Z, he probably couldn't either. But, you know, that's the challenge. The challenge is ride a thousand miles if you have to to find that letter um, or find an obscure town. And that's exactly what people have been doing. So the week two results were tallied last night, I believe. Yeah, yesterday. And um, so here's how we've fallen this week. Uh, again, in first place, Loud Pipes with... 640 points. Last week, 460. This week, 640. So maybe next week, they'll have 046, and somebody else will have a chance to move up. Uh, Motorcycle Men, this week, with 666 points. Last week, they only had 400. So both of those guys boosted from the fours up into the sixes. Uh, Lots of points for the city names. They found some really good ones. And uh, I know John Miracle found for um, the K... Uh, which I couldn't even find a K. He found this place called King and Queen's Courthouse Village or something like that. Like it's just this long ass five word name with the word King, Queen, Courthouse, blah, blah, blah. You know, like just every word in that. It just has letters that are worth like a bajillion points. So those guys both skyrocketed. Um, even though Motorcycle Man got... Uh, 26 more points with 666 over uh, Loud Pipes of 640. Um, Loud Pipes is still in the lead. We'll talk about that in a second. Wheel Nerds, 513. Um, That's because Chuck is on vacation and he's riding all over the Southwest from Utah. He came out here. I saw that he was close to me. He rode out really close to me out here in California. Um, Just like, I don't know, just... uh, 20 minutes away was he? I forget where I saw him check in, but I was like, holy crap, you're right by me, bro. Um, and then rode back. So, or he's riding back. So I think he had a week's vacation. It bumped up from, they had 205 points last week to 513. So that's, I think, miles and numerical, like the letter count for each town. Um, 
Old creative writing bumped up to 254. Yes, I went up uh, 150 points. Last week's uh, 104, with, and that was just with one city and one, um, you know, one city and what I say, one, whatever, 13 miles round trip that it took me to go get those points. Um, that's that's it. And then I did some makeup points, and it looks like they added those in because 104 is pretty terrible, uh, even with makeup points. Because makeup points, you can make up letters in the successive weeks, but they only count as half. So, you know, I get like a nice 65 uh, letter point uh, score. It's only going to count for like, you know, 32 and a half points or something like that. So I still need them, but, uh, you know, 30, 30 points is as good as any. If I can still get some of those letters that I missed uh, in the first week. I don't think I'm going to find a Z still, but I'm going to make up a J. I think I can make up a W I think I missed. So I'm going to try and hit some of these, but, um, or the Y I think I missed. Yeah. I missed Y. But anyway, so I'm going to hit, try to hit up a few of these things and still continue to make up uh, points if I can. But look what a difference it makes from being on vacation and only hitting one city, 104 points to 254. Like I, I, kind of nearly double and a half, you know what I mean? So, um, and this week in the listener individual poll, uh, uh, still Dave Shoop on top, Roger Smith, uh, coming in second. Oh no, I'm sorry. Dave Shoop on top still dangerous. Dave is, uh, still blowing people out of the water, but we have Chad Rosenboom with 531 points. Hmm. I guess he edged out Dave Shoop. I think they transposed. I looked at this yesterday and it was a little different and it said they transposed a number. So maybe dangerous Dave didn't win this week. Um, he's got 528 and Chris Vach has 531. So by two points, he edged out dangerous Dave. Um, yeah, I believe they, even on the, uh, the podcast, the, the uh, motorcycle podcasters challenge, I think they said Dave Shoup came in first again this week, but apparently he didn't. Chris came in first this week for riding for motorcycle men with 531, Dave Shoup with 528, Roger Smith with 523. And again, he's on vacation. He's pulling tons of miles. Um, Chris Singsheim blowing, uh, you know, blowing it out of the water, I guess this week, doubling more than doubling his last, Oh no, exactly. Almost doubling two thirty one times two would be four sixty two. Right. And he got four sixty, So he almost exactly doubled his miles from last week. Uh, Paul Smith also, um, going from two ninety one to three sixty. These guys have been riding their asses off. Not like, um, you know, wheel nerds, Chuck Brewer, dude, he rode 1800 plus miles, uh, last, uh, this last week. So I have no way of catching up to that. So yeah. Um, so basically individual points, here's how they stand. Um, let's, let's break down the total points for the, for the uh, week. Uh, loud pipes has 1100 total. Motorcycle men has 1066. So they're like just a hundred off They're They're within striking distance. They're not even a hundred off. Uh, they're like 40 something off, right? Yeah. So they're with, totally within striking distance. Uh, the wheel nerds has 718 creative writing totally edited out of the sneeze there. You're very welcome. Um, creative writing coming in with uh, 358. So uh, a big improvement. 
I'm I'm like way to this. And then Wingman's Garage and Cleveland Moto have zero. And my wife's like, yeah, you're kind of in last. I mean, technically you're like in last because they don't have anything. And I was like, well, listen, dude, fourth place is better than sixth place, right? I mean, but I guess I am last if two people DNF'd and didn't make the grid, I'd be technically in last. But I'm going to try and change that. And it's the final week, and this flash challenge isn't available to the two teams in the beginning, in the front, who have like over a thousand points. Um, Chuck's, uh, the wheel nerds aren't too far off. 718, they're like just under 300 points off of that a thousand point mark. And I'm like only a third of the way there, not even that, you know, 358. Um, So basically, I guess that I'm going to have to do all my makeup letters, hit some big scores this weekend, and uh, I don't know, make it make up as many as I can, try to ride as many miles. I got this whole route planned, but again, I just talked about the weather a minute ago, and that's going to play a big factor in that. Um, individual riders, uh, here's their totals. Um, who's in first? Dave Shoup with 832. Um, so he is still in first overall, even though he didn't get, uh, he missed it by two miles, uh, individually this week. He's still overall in the lead. He's riding for the loud pipes. Uh, Roger Smith, who is on vacation riding across the, uh, Northern United States is in second with 790. It's a dangerous day, whatever you're doing, man, you must have like a lot of free time and, and, uh, no kids and wife to hold you back. Just ride wherever the hell you want uh, for 832 points, man. Um, Chris Singsheim pulls into third spot with uh, 691 points. Paul Smith is in fourth spot with 651 points. And uh, Chad Rosenboom for the Motorcycle Man is 645 points. And Chris Vitch, how, this guy, 171 points. So he, they didn't put his total in there, but that's, I mean, I, that's all the points he has listed on there. So there you go. And the two dudes that are riding for the wheel nerds are just pulling goose eggs. Nothing, man. So basically, I almost, um, it's really interesting. I almost posted my uh, kind of humble bragging what, what cities I was going to ride to this week. And, uh, you know, just throw out some, you know, controversial little letters there and make people wonder if I'm going to catch up, which I probably am not. I don't really care. This is just fun doing this challenge. But then I remembered Paul, uh, um, Rich Warfield from the loud pipes, the, the host of the loud pipes podcast is going to be in San Diego on a business trip Riding a rented Yamaha, I think he said FJ09, if he can pull it, or FZ09. And so we might meet up, and I can't tell him my secret places that I'm going to ride, because I don't want him to go there, too. There's only a handful of places that start with these letters in San Diego, but I do know some others that um, aren't necessarily... Like when you look on a map and there's like the five huge big cities within a county, 
I know some smaller cities, so yeah, I couldn't, I didn't want to like blow it on there and then have him ride to the exact same places as me. <laughs> so I was like, dude, I got to keep it quiet. And I know he's probably not going to ride up here to LA. So at least I can still get those and make my makeup letters and all this and that. But yeah, that was kind of funny. I almost did that. Um, the, the main thing is this motorcycle podcasters challenge. It's really fun. Just riding around to new places, doing dumb stuff, um, taking pictures of where you go to verify that you're there. I mean, the stuff that you got to do is pretty funny, but at the same time, it's really fun. I've gone to a few sketchy places that I wouldn't have gone to, you know, that I ride as fast as I can usually when I'm in town and I have to go through. So, uh, I've had to stop a few times and and take some pictures in some unsafe neighborhoods. (laughs) It's all for points, baby. But, um, but anyway, yeah, it's just a fun thing and it's inspired me to go through. I've thought about four or five different challenges, uh, you know, that I want to do for, uh, us and the listeners of, of this show. And, uh, just was thinking about the stock is for squares, little simple challenges they used to do, you know, how fun they were. So, um, I was like, yeah, that'd be fun. And then after doing this, I'm like, Oh, challenges. These things can be really, uh, fun, but there's, this, this one's a little bit involved. Like they put a lot of time and effort and research into this and it's really cool. So thanks to Rich and John Rico and Natalie at Loud Pipes for doing this. And I cannot wait for, uh, week three. I hope I can catch up. I hope I can beat the wheel nerds. I know Chuck's not going to be on vacation, um, next week. So he's, there's no way he's going to get 513 miles. If he does more like a 205 mile, like he did the first week and I can pull another 254 or three or four even, cause I'm going to be putting some serious miles on my bike. I'm going to be putting at least three or 400 miles, uh, this weekend on my bike. And then if I can ride a couple more during the week, I don't know. We'll see. Um, hopefully I can play some catch up. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see me. We're going to definitely be duking it out for third and fourth and loud pipes and motorcycle man. I mean, they've already got like over 1100 miles. I think that they're going to pretty much have that wrapped up in the bag. Yeah. They've got over a thousand points already. And the, the cool thing too, I forget. I just listened to the show, um, that to this afternoon, but I think they said combined, everybody's ridden over like 11,000 miles just in two weeks. And I was like, Whoa, that's crazy. Um, Chuck really helped out riding 1800 miles alone last week, 1800 plus. And then, like I said, dangerous Dave Shoop, he's just been pounding them on and Roger Smith's been driving across, uh, the U S. So, I mean, yeah, it didn't take very long for a combined 11,000 miles to get thrown into this challenge. So, uh, pretty cool. If you don't follow it, check it out. Motorcycle podcasterschallenge.com. Um, and there's a Facebook page, uh, motorcycle podcasters challenge that you can go to and, uh, just follow along with the fun. It's pretty cool. Hey, listen, listen to me, damn it. Those are my notes. You like the way they sound? <laughs> hey, so uh, here is a part of the show that I like to call Podcast Roundup Show. 
And I don't have a song for it yet, but I'll make one. Um, and this is like where I come in and I chat about podcasts and what they talked about. And let me whip them out here because I had to make a note since I've been gone. I haven't even listened. I, dude, I've, I've been back for less than a week and I have not had time. You know how many podcasts come out in a week? Dude, lots. Especially dudes like Riders on the Norm blasting out two a week and uh, leaving on a weird day and coming back on a weird day. Uh, it's like they released the day I left and then, I don't know, another one came out like the very next day. All right, so uh, Motorcycles and Misfits. I haven't even listened to all of them, but I did listen to one, not the uh, the shit show one, and they're probably going to be, I think they're at Barber Vintage Motor Cycle Fest this, uh, this week, and so they're probably not going to have... Uh, they're That one's probably going to air the week after this because by Sunday, Liza won't even be back. Um, and so neither will the audio and the events that are happening on Sunday. So uh, I don't know what they're going to do this week. But so the one before this is the one I listened to. Guess what they talked about? Jim said I made some sort of one mile challenge to them. I don't uh, remember that, but I do remember posting a pic on Instagram of the longest way to get one mile. And I was thinking maybe after this motorcycle podcasters challenge is over, I will do a one mile challenge and uh, I'll tell you a little bit about it then. Maybe I'll give you a sneak peek now. Like I, uh, I have this from, um, Shoot, I think Azusa University or Point Loma Nazarene or something like that. There's a, I use that on Google Maps and uh, as a starting point, one mile down the road exactly is a congregation alehouse. And I was thinking, oh, I want to go to that place. Never been to that place. Uh, I need one. I just want to see what's like one mile away. Oh, well, these two street corners that they're on is one, one mile. And it just so happens that if I were to go instead of from point A to point B, one mile on a straight road, um, I forget what that road is, Azusa Road or something like that, or uh, Foothill Freeway, I don't forget what the hell it's called. But instead of going one mile in a straight line from this intersection to this intersection, if I headed north, boom, going up uh, the 39, which I've talked about several times, which is Azusa Canyon, which is, uh, you know, just, uh, it's really fun up there. And it's Twisty Mountain Road. That cuts across and comes back down like the backside of Glendora or some, I don't know what the city is over there, but it's through the um, Angeles National Forest is basically what it is. And you ride up and you ride around and it's like two, it's like an hour and a half or two hour curvy like tail of the dragon ride uh just to get one mile (laughs) on the map it's like taking a 40 mile route to get uh you know instead of instead of walking from my bedroom to the kitchen why don't i jump out my bedroom window walk around my whole town uh, take a bus to New York, take a plane back to my city, and then take the train to the local bus stop, and then take that bus, and then jump in my kitchen window, right? Sort of like that. Walking from one room of your house to the next, uh, but instead of walking in the house, you jump outside and go through a different state first, and then come back. Yeah, you get the point. I don't need to keep making drawing these pictures for you, but uh, I do like how Jim said, yeah, he, th- he challenged us. I didn't mean it was the curviest one mile of road that would have been crazy um 
but it was literally the longest way to get from one mile away, like an intersection to an intersection. Instead of going in a straight line, I just, it's a berserk line. I think I might've posted it to our page. If I didn't, I will. But um, that struck me as kind of funny on that uh, Motorcycles and Misfits. They did a lot of dirt stuff on that one. Um, As always, it's just a blast to listen to those guys. I would continue... Uh, your support of that show if you don't already listen to them. Um, and they also talked about something, some Harley and Ducati thing. Put a little check mark on that. I'll come back to that. Uh, Riders on the Norm. Uh, of course, they come out with one every Monday and Friday. So there's like 14 of those when I got back from vacation. The one I listened to. Uh, just listened to the Born Free 9 today. D- haven't listened to the Chevy D one, but I had to listen to the Born Free 9. I wanted to see what Scott thought. Uh, not his first time at Born Free 9. or Well, his, it was his first time at Born Free 9. Not his first time at Born Free, uh, but it has been a, a little while. And, and he's hasn't. I guess he didn't really travel around L.A. before when he was here. So that was funny. Um, they did mention... Uh, this had to be the one that came out right after I went on vacation. Um, like the day, I, the day I went on vacation, I guess, um, they had mentioned us and said, man, that guy's got to be some sort of editing genius. Cause they want people to call in, you know, use your smartphone. There's a little voice memo app. And right from there you hit send and you send a voice memo to a mailbox. It's so, and it's your voice coming out. And I want people to do that to this show. Everybody that I talk to on Facebook or that I message or this and that. And it's like, dude, send me your story. Solstice slam specifically. Every time there's a solstice slam, I say, listen, I don't want to read your stuff. I want you to tell me your story. And and if I wanted to interview people and just like, email questions to them and have them email questions back to me. And then I read it. How boring would that be? And uh, same thing for social slam or any little stories, please use the memo thing and send it in. So he was saying, man, you guys send some memos. Nobody did it. So I did one. And, uh, I guess they started listening to the show. I think I'm an editing genius. I told him I played my wife, the clip, we looked at each other and then we both started hilariously laughing because dude, Editing genius, I let uh, I let the computer do everything for me. Um, and by the way, I better save this real quick. All right, and saved. I had I used to have bad trouble with this. I don't know how many times back when stocks versus the squares was still on. Uh, I don't. Uh, they they would post all the time. They lost their audio, and I would too. I don't know how many times I lost audio. I started getting paranoid and saving it every like five seconds. I'm not 100% sure what happened, but I messed with my uh, microphone tonight, and it did. It blew it out. I had to re-record the first 10 minutes of the show, um, so that sucked. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, Anyway, so Riders on the Norm, not editing genius, as you can see. Not a uh, content genius either. Um, The Wheel Nerds, they had a good show about bike rental in Maine, of all places. And the guy they were talking to seemed like the nicest guy. Maine seemed pretty cool. If you love Stephen King, especially, you can rent a motorcycle up there and then drive, uh, ride over clowns that you see in the gutters. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, Wingman's Garage. Man, I noticed, I guess I didn't notice this until they until I got back from Hawaii, but they changed their 
uh, website or the uh, podcast artwork. They, they've changed some stuff. They made a new uh, Wingman Nation uh, Facebook group or something like that. Uh, yeah, Facebook page, you know, Facebook group. And uh, making all sorts of changes. Um, I actually watched the recording of their last episode. I think it said 58 in the little tag bar thing. Watched it live. And they're always saying, you know, Patreon support us and we'll buy some audio equipment and, you know, I'm not really like an editing genius and audio snob and all that stuff, but it is a little bit hard sometimes to be engaged when you can't hear real good. Hell, it's hard enough to be engaged when some dude like me with a monotone voice is just blah, 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 blah about something and your brain, you know, you're already doing, you're listening to this background in the first place and then you really got to pay attention. But when the audio is bad, you're like, dude, there's like a fifth thing I got to do now and I'm out. You know, I, I could do three things or four things, but so their audio has been getting better. Um, they're saying, you know, Patreon support would help get new gear and microphones for everybody and a high chair for uh, Daniel. And uh, so, yeah, they were, you know, was, when I watched it live, I could see their lips and it made it clearer for me. I don't, you know, for whatever reason, I could I could tell what they were saying better, but um, yeah, so it was kind of cool. And I don't usually like I want. There was some other stuff I wanted to do, and I at that point I felt bad, like ditching, like dude, I'm gonna bail. Okay, is that is that cool? I kind of like to be free, like hey, oh this is cool. Now I need to go to this. So I, I felt compelled to kind of watch a little bit of it, um, and I watched till the end actually, but um, not not anything I'm ever gonna do with my show, um, especially since. Um, you know, I do it at various times and various places and interviews and all that great stuff, but it is pretty cool. And check out Wingman's Garage, Wingman Nation, and check out their new uh, podcast artwork in iTunes. Um, Feck, which is Front End Chatter, Britain's best biking podcast, and frankly, one of the best ones uh, on the internet, to be honest. Um, they are two moto journalists, so of course their opinion matters to me. They have lots of insight and they have, like, they're good at speculating stuff and, and uh, kind of sussing stuff out, I guess. What's important about this show is that they, uh, during the Isle of Man, they talked about some of the stuff that's been going on with Honda and some of the stuff that uh, the bikes have been, uh, I mean, the Honda's, you know, kind of like made everybody raise eyebrows because John McGinnis and uh, Guy Martin both crashed the new Fireblade. So they went into detail about that and they talked about it. And one of them actually has one of the new Fireblades with the quick shifter and all that stuff. Now, Guy Martin said he grabbed a box of neutrals coming over. I forget what hill it was, uh, but he was coming over the hill um at like 130 miles an hour or something like that. Box of neutrals, ship, you know, I just listened to the, one of the two enthusiast podcasts too, trying to catch up on that. And they were talking about it. Why, you know, why does what guy Martin look like he bailed off? Um, the thing is he said he grabbed not just a, like a false neutral that you could come back from, but like a box of neutrals, he said. Um, and then John McGinnis, same, same sort of thing. Uh, what they had said is that, uh, well, they figured out. So you go listen to that. And of course, um, keep in mind what they say about production versus race bikes and things like that. Another thing they talked about was uh, Ben Spees. I've been wondering what's been... I 
check on Ben Spees' website once in a while. I know he's been racing bicycles recently. They said he's been racing enduro. I did not know that. So I guess he's been on a motorcycle uh, recently. Um, but they said that when asked about doing something for Suzuki recently, his eyes raised. And of course, he started on Suzuki before he went to the uh, Yamaha MotoGP team. Um, so yeah, he, I don't know, could he possibly make a comeback and could it be with Suzuki? And then they talk about bike reviews and I put reviews in quotes because a lot of people always ask them, are bike reviews tainted because they're moto journalists, they're going to give you an honest answer and they do. And it turns out that, um, bike reviews in their profession and from their point of view, not tainted. Uh, but then again, maybe they don't represent all of, uh, motorcycle, like the publishers, you know, each individual editor might have their own sort of autonomy. Uh, so throttled podcasts, listen to a couple of those. Let me see, which ones did I not listen to? Oh, I haven't listened to the interview with the BMW performance center and the Superbike coach, uh, can cars, I think was his name. Um, I, did listen to, what did they talk about? Harley and Ducati. Oh, and they even talked about riding in hot weather with gear. And they make a really good point. And, well, they didn't say this, but they, I guess in a roundabout way, did. When you ride with a mesh jacket on, you lose all your cooling. And why that seems ironic, but it's not. And it's because when you sweat, your body uses that water to cool down. And when you're riding with a mesh jacket, you sweat. The air blows all that off. You're cool for like five seconds and then you don't have any more sweat and then you can't sweat because you're getting dehydrated. And then when you get dehydrated, bad things happen. I would listen to that show because they talk about um, very, uh, I think the show is called, is Harley buying Ducati a good thing or something like that. So there again, I guess they talk about Harley and Ducati. Yep, I wrote that down, Harley and Ducati. But um, but they, you know, that was an important part that they covered was riding in hot weather now that it is like the summer and boiling. That's also how I, I kind of knew that it's boiling down there too and just humid as all get out. So that's the Throttled Podcast. Uh, loud Pipes, they talked about the Motorcycles Podcasters Challenge, uh, bikes and doing some maintenance on them, and Harley and Ducati. Hmm. Uh, the false neutral, they talked about Harley and Ducati and the one I haven't listened to that was a uh, Garrett's ride report. And I think another one's came out soon. Uh, car stuff. I listened to car stuff and the last one, this, this week's was about maglev trains. So I haven't listened to that one, but the last one before that was about distracted driving. I haven't listened to that one either. Uh, the one before that was our motorcycles more dangerous than cars. And I did listen to that one. You could tell that they're a car cast trying to do their, uh, you know, trying to cover their bases by talking about motorcycles and stuff. But you could also tell that, they didn't really have the details. Like they were talking about ABS on bikes. Well, dude, it, you know, Honda and BMW have had ABS since like the eighties and they were talking about it. Like it's just coming out, you know, this year, um, hell Honda had airbags on bikes back 
you know, late eighties, early nineties, something like that. But, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's good, but you could tell it's a car podcast trying to talk about it. Uh, the distracted driving thing. I actually wanted to talk about that a while ago, about four weeks ago. I think I was thinking about distracted driving, um, because of all the stuff I'd been reading about texting and autonomous cars coming out and all this great stuff. And I was thinking, you know what, like the one thing to make people not distracted would be to put a, a, a video game controller in the car. People would be so freaked out that they wouldn't be able to like lean back and chill, right? They'd have to sit up and they all their fingers would be manipulating buttons. Their brain would have to be thinking about it. And for the most part, the car could be like half autonomous. I mean, it's already going to have a bunch of safety features like uh, anti- uh, lane, you know, lane avoidance and anti-lane drift. And it's going to have like that emergency braking, all that stuff that's becoming, uh, not only optional, but imminent, you know what I mean? And, and mandatory. And that's just how the car world works. When you do, when you make something and they find out that it is ultimately safer than not having it, they'll eventually make it like a lot. It has to have this. Um, I think all trucks, as of 2017, have to have rear like backup cameras for towing and stuff like that. And so it's not an option. Like what once was fancy little button you push on your mirror, uh, your rear view mirror at, you know, whatever deal. And like, oh, look at this display is now becoming like, um, you know, mandatory. And so that it's safe for people don't run over little kids. People don't back into stuff with their trucks, you know, even, and it helps you with your trailers, lane splitting and or not lane splitting, but the lane, um, egress or whatever the hell they call those things that keeps you from going over the line, uh, lane detection, which is a vehicle coming up in the lane next to you, all that great stuff's coming up. And if you just had a joystick, hell, half of the, uh, steering wheels anymore aren't connected via a rod down to like a worm gear or anything. And most of the gas pedals, cars, a lot of cars, let's face it, they're fly by wire. You push on the gas with the car in park and nothing happens. Why doesn't it rev? Well, because there's not a manual connection and it detects that you're not in gear. So why would it need to like gun the engine? That could hurt the engine. Um, I remember the very first, first gen Honda Insight must have been like in 2001 or something that I sat in or 2000, yeah, 2001. Push the uh, throttle cable down and nothing happened. Or I pushed the throttle cable down. What the fuck am I talking about? Push the uh, the gas pedal down. Nothing happened. And it's because it's like throttle by wire, right? So you had to be in drive. You had to have the e-brake off. All this crap. And that's how regular cars are coming. And electronic steering. No more, you know, like I said, drive uh, steering shafts down to like uh, a pinion or a worm drive or worm gear. It's all electric, dude. So... Uh, just throw a joystick in there, uh, like for a, uh, PlayStation four, like, like don't need a steering wheel. You don't need to be able to turn it back and forth. Just use your left and right. People will become more dexterous. People will become more attentive for the short term, at least, uh, having all those buttons to manipulate and pay attention. And, uh, I just think that is one way to get people to like, look around. Cause then they're so used to looking from a controller at a screen right? That they may just pay more attention to it, uh, than they would a steering wheel and sitting in the, basically a lazy boy on four wheels. Um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, that was my rant on that distracted driving. Haven't even listened to that episode, but I don't know what they talk about in it. Car stuff.
that's true. Okay, two enthusiasts. I have not listened to Chocolate Rain, um, but they also talk about Harley Davidson. I think they briefly touch on Harley buying Ducati. Um, they talk about Nikki Hayden a lot, and they talk about Harley Davidson going to Thailand, which brings me to the third point of the show, which is. Bam, bam, bam. Hey, are you looking for something motorcycle related for that person that you love? What person is that that you love, by the way? Oh, that one. Yeah. Are you looking at him right now? Tell him you love him. But you know what? Show him you love him. No, not by getting naked and spraying whipped cream all over your bedroom. That's going to ruin some drapes, man. Go to dailybikers.com. Dailybikers.com. What's that you say? I'll slap you in the face. Dailybikers.com. Well, that's our friend Dan. Dan. Dan Michael. That's who? That Dan. You remember good old Dan? You know, he was back in one of our episodes from last year. He's the Australian artist dude. He rides motorcycles every single day for a living. Yeah, that Dan. Yeah, those motorcycles. And yes, those motorcycle drawings are on all sorts of cool stuff. From birthday cards to Father's Day cards to an awesome motorcycle coloring book. An adult coloring book, if you will. Yeah, you want to do something adult with your partner there? Don't spray whipped cream and throw strawberries at their face. Dude, basically get an adult coloring book and color some motorcycles together. The family that braps together... Crap. Craps together? Oh, God. I'm so sorry. No, forget what I said. Go to dailybikers.com. Go shop their store. Go read the blogs. Go read the uh, equipment and ride reviews. Go read about all the crazy things that Dan does in his spare time and the fun time that he has down under in Australia. And then go buy something cool. They have gift wrap, sticker packs, magnets, uh, artwork for your house and your office pillowcases. Uh, the notebook that I take notes for with this show is made from a Daily Biker's product. It's just, it's awesome. It's not made from kangaroo skin, I can tell you that. It's made from 100% recycled materials, as is most of the stuff over there. Yep, dailybikers.com. You're not going to regret this one. Tell them, stupid ass, said you. All right, everybody's done it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to talk about Harley and Ducati. This is something that was like barely on my radar when I left. They had been mentioned. I mean, a couple shows had said, uh, I believe it was a doghouse had, you know, pointed out that uh, Corsa is at the uh, Corsa up in um, Moto Corsa in, oh God, it's in Oregon. Is it in Portland? They had like a Indiegogo account for like $1.6 because I think that's just about what Ducati is being sold for 1.6 billion, 1.5 billion euro, somewhere around there. That's, that's what VW is valuing Ducati at, even though their EBITDA, which is earnings before interest tax, uh, damer, uh, interest tax devaluation, amortization, all that stuff only worth about a hundred million. And they're being valued at like 15 times what they actually earn. Uh, VW only bought them for $860 million. But everybody, since I've got back, has overlooked that and has just like every single podcast from the Motorcycles and Misfits. Let's see my notes. What I, what I list off here. Motorcycles and Misfits talked about it. Uh, two Enthusiasts podcast talked about it. 
The wheel nerds may have talked about it. I did not write it down if they did or not. Uh, let me see. The throttled podcast talked about it. Loud pipes talked about it. False neutral talked about it. Um, two enthusiasts talked about it and they wrote about it and they mentioned some couple other things. Here's the deal. I guess I'm going to mention it now because what was like nothing to me is now something because everybody's like talking about it. And my thing is everyone's talking about how Harley did everybody. Well, nobody, I'm just going to say this. Harley's not going to buy Ducati. Uh, go listen to throttled loud pipes, motorcycles and misfits, probably motorcycle men. Um, I didn't catch if they talked about it or not. Two Enthusiasts podcast, False Neutral. Um, I haven't got a chance to listen to the Above Idol podcast yet. And the front end chatter, they might have mentioned it, but they probably didn't put too much stock into it because they're smart like that, being uh, crazy Brits that talk about stuff that's not uh, Harley Davidson usually. Um, and there's a few other ones that probably mentioned it, but everybody Every, and of course, the doghouse. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, here's the deal. Exactly one year ago, July 2016, here's my case why they're not going to buy it. It's because Harley was being apparently bought. Do you guys remember right after, uh, yeah, right in the middle of last year, 20, uh, in July, um, KKR was rumored to being buying have you know, maybe putting a bid in on Har Harley Davidson. That's a huge private equity firm, Kohlberg, Kravis and Roberts, KKR. Uh, they, they own a bunch of stuff. They own a ton of stuff. And, uh, yeah, God, I'm looking everywhere, everywhere. I look Harley Davidson enters race to buy Italian rival Ducati, blah, 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 blah. Uh, they're not going to do it. And the deal is, um, reading Asphalt and Rubber wrote about it, you know, everybody, I don't know what, what everybody lost their mind. It was like, it went from nothing to something. Um, and apparently Goldman Sachs is helping them to put a deal together. Everybody's been talking about how horrible it would be if Harley bought Ducati and everybody's had their, well, maybe there's you know, a bunch of speculation. I'm not even going to go there, to be honest. I'm just going to say they're not going to buy it. Because KKR, Bain Capital, uh, Permira, all these other gigantic, um, you know, holding, not holding, but like private equity firms also uh, are going to submit bids. And the bidding is going to start in July and this month. I'm not 100% sure. It doesn't, there's not a date nailed down uh, as to when in July. It just said bids are expected to be submitted in July. So Harley Davidson is just one of many people that could be betting on this overvalued, in my opinion, overvalued um, brand, Ducati. And I'm going to get into those numbers in a little bit. So I'm not going to do the whole Harley did this and did that and did this and did that. And Harley would ruin this and ruin that, blah, blah, blah. You can listen to everybody else's opinions on all that stuff. I'm just going to say flat out, dude, uh, Harley Davidson, ever since I've started this podcast in 2015, they were already having troubles. In December of that year, they cut two or 300 positions. In January of that year, uh, they did some more cuts, I believe. And then December of this year, they cut 180 
No, December of last year. I'm sorry, it's not December yet of this year. But I think in December they cut some more jobs, and then they, you know, 180 jobs gone from their York, Pennsylvania plant. Um, you know, this is recent stuff. Plus that big deal where last year they had made dealerships take more bikes because they consider it sold when it's out of the factory, not necessarily when it's actually sold on the showroom. Like they've quote sold it to their dealership. Now the dealership can eat shit, you know, and, and there's flooded market, you know, and the EPA thing that they had to do when they were selling all that crap, they still are, they paid this huge fine. Plus they had to do a, a contingency program where they bought everybody pellet fed stoves in like a certain part of Wisconsin to, lower emissions and then had to do all, you know, all take all their power controllers. Like they're in hot water. Okay. Lots of brake recalls. Like within the last couple of years, they've had a ton of brake recalls. They are trying to get uh, opening a factory in Thailand right now. There's so much crap going on. Why would they buy Ducati? And uh, just uh, one year ago, KKR was rumored to be buying HD and their stocks spiked. In July, nobody paid attention. Then again, it happened in September, and their spike stocks jumped again. So this, to me, is kind of like a even bad press is better than no press, and everyone's going to be looking at Harley and oh, are they going to be making this move right now? And they're going to basically people are going to be eyes on them trying to buy. They're going to buy into Kaidi. I might invest. You know whether you like that idea of them doing that or not. Um, they're not going to buy Ducati. Uh, two enthusiasts pointed this out very good. Harley Davidson opening the factory in Thailand just recently. Going to have to reconcile very hard uh, for the union jobs. This is two enthusiasts too. This is uh, I take no credit for having this sort of um, you know wisdom, I guess, and and foresight. But uh, a they're going to have blue collar. American union jobs like shipping over to Thailand, right? And so that is going to be, or Taiwan, wherever the, wherever the hell, I think it's Thailand. Um, Thailand, they're opening up. It just so happens Ducati did the same thing over there. And it just so happens that didn't Triumph do the same thing. Are they Thailand? Is that where they're being made or Indonesia? I mean, everybody's shipping over there. And so the blue collar American job is moving uh, they would have a whole, it's, it's hard enough to, that they're doing that. They would have a whole nother thing if they were like, well, now we're taking on like a, uh, you know, an Italian brand, blah, blah, blah. So I, they're not going to do it for that reason. Probably, uh, they're trying to get into Asia. They ain't trying to, you know, their, their market is aging and the American market is maturing. And you can say like, Wagon sales at one point, like people just didn't need them anymore. And the old people that were kind of sticking to that sort of transportation when uh, gas, these new fangled gas powered cars and motorcycles were coming on and they could haul more and they had more horsepower um, in a small thing than actually having to own a horse and like have the land for a horse. Now you get this little block of metal. Same sort of things happening with Harley Davidson. They are the wagons of, um, even though they sell a fucking shit ton of them, they are the wagons of America. They're aging. They're the cruiser market that's never changing, that won't change in the face of this or that or whatnot. And they're facing 
all sorts of, you know, they redis- the reason that they said they cut their budget in 2015 was to redistribute money into marketing. And so they spent all of 2016 marketing, still had to cut 180 jobs in Pennsylvania, I think at the... Uh, I want to say that was like the transmission plant or some shit like that. I forget. But anyway, um, and now this thing between them and Indian and Indian's been winning on a flat track race. So like Harley is just like not doing too bad, but they're not catching a break um, this year in the last two years, actually financially, uh, business wise, everything like that, except for that their sales are doing good. So who really gives a crap what else is going on? They're not going to buy Ducati, right? Um, especially if Ducati is valued at $1.5 billion and they're only worth $100 million. Uh, sorry, I had to take a sip of the old water. Um, a bunch of people have already... Um, like that price tag for that sort of return on investment has already scared off brands like Hero, TBS... Uh, Royal Enfield, which are, we know are all like Indian. Uh, then Reuters said that BMW, Honda, Suzuki have also passed, um, which leaves these. And uh, I think right now um, they are they were owned by Industrial. No, Invest Industrial, which is like a investment firm. And so it makes sense that KKR, Bain, or Permira would actually be the ones. And the investment banking firm Evercore is uh, helping them to, you know, divest, I guess, from, from VW. The whole reason VW is selling them, they were part of VW's Audi uh, division, owned by Audi, which is, of course, parent company's VW. And VW's whole diesel gate, VW also owns like Italian brands like um, Lamborghini, Bugatti, um, stuff like that. So Ducati was just like another feather in their cap. And now we might see them, you know, they don't do motorcycles really. They have these Italian boutique brands and that's probably why they thought Ducati would be valuable. And they're not. They're not going to... uh, hang on to them in the face of diesel gate. Basically they got to pay a bunch of fines and buy a bunch of vehicles back and all this crap. Uh, they're not going to hold on to them. I don't think Harley Davidson, who also is in uh, not diesel gate, but tuner gate, uh, recall gate and job cutting gate and building factories in other countries gate is going to sink uh, 1.5 billion euros, which is more, like, I don't know, was that 2 billion US into it? I don't even know if they had the money. Um, everybody's been saying, yeah, man, they trashed Buell. I shouldn't be saying what everybody said because I said I wasn't going to say that. But people point out Buell. Buell was a Harley company. They own MV Agusta. Yeah, they own MV for all of one year. They couldn't really screw that up. There wasn't much to do there. Uh, so... You know, it's not like people try to point out oh, they owned all these guys. Yeah, but they didn't do anything with them because they only had them for a year. Um, Ducati, uh, Harley Davidson right now has 32% of the market share for vehicles. And they're usually like 32, 35. People say like, oh, 50 and 60, you know, 60%. That's specifically cruiser. Like if you break it down by type, um, they usually only have in the U.S. market 30 five-ish percent of the market share. Right now, 
uh, as a first quarter 2017, a little birdie who spoke on anon- uh, terms of anonymity. Anonymity was well, so easy for me to say anonymi- anonymously. <laughs> anonymity um, gave me some numbers. So can't say who or where I got these from, but they are a trusted source and these numbers are purported to be accurate. Uh, as of uh, first quarter 2017, Ducati is only making up 1.6% of the market share. And Polaris is makes up 6.2% of the market share. And I think Polaris was more than like Suzuki even, you know, so it was kind of crazy. Uh, and actually, as of this uh, quarter... I mean, even more victories have sold than Ducatis. And we're talking like, you know, Vickery wound down operations. You know, they're totally uh, winding down, selling their stock. And more old, um, well, more new victories, the last of the victories have sold so far than Ducatis, unit-wise. That's pretty terrible. Why would Harley-Davidson buy such a boutique brand that's been shipped around uh, between these other ones before. So they're not going to buy them. I, I just hated, I wanted to get in here and say that because um, everybody's been talking about it and it seems senseless to me. I, nothing's going to happen with that, everyone. Just chill. You're not going to get your Panigale with bags any, anytime soon. All right, next segment. I love me some German techno. All right, so listen, this is what's up. I got to rep that WIR life, my friends. Yes, the Wisconsin's International Top 10 Bikes Junior and Senior, which is the Senior and Stock Wheelbase Classes. Real street drags going down today. As this comes out, this is going to go out on Friday. I promise you guys, it will. So this is what's up, man. This is round four, I believe. No, this is round three. Go to uh, creativewriting.com and look at our webpage. We'll tell you. This is round three. Um, the This is basically uh, going to be uh, super steamy. I mean, this is going to be like a hot round. Last, last round, there was like a lot of movement on both boards. It was pretty cool, actually, to see uh, what was going down with these folks. If you're not familiar, if this is your first time listening to the show and you haven't fallen asleep yet or blown your brains out, um, the WIR Top 10 Bikes, it's a group of drag racers in uh, Wisconsin that we fell in love with, fell in love with their story. Uh, they were they had just started out, too. They were That was their first year, I believe, doing their racing is the same as the first year I did my show. So it was kind of like we bonded in this weird, like weird infinitesimal way. Uh, create, no, I'm, I won't go into it. But anyway, yeah, no, really fell in love. We've had three of them on our show. Uh, we've had nitrous Chris Singsheim, who is their premier, uh, class, you know, spokesman, I guess you could say. We've had Jason Gohlmeyer, who is the premier class, he, well, the premier series uh, inventor. Him and uh, one of the other guys basically 
began the series. And then we've had Michelle Mankiewicz, who is the very beautiful, talented, smart, and educated uh, premier class winner. That's right. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. She was uh, up at the top last year. Got knocked off on the very last round, I think. Oh, what a sad way to go out. She stayed up. She worked her way up there. Not, not stayed up there. She worked for it, boys and girls. Got up there, got knocked off by a dude with a 14,000 horsepower uh, nitrous busa on alcohol prepped uh, baby tears. And the, he blew up his motor this year. And so many things went wrong. Uh, if you... Go back and listen to any of our episodes from uh, the ones that air near the first Fridays or that says WIR in the show notes. Listen to it because we talk about all the trials and tribulations that happened within the last just two rounds. It's like this crazy soap opera going on in the first round where, you know, in Wisconsin, it's wintertime like eight months of the year. And so the drag race season comes up and everybody who was out there doing snowball fights and eating 8,000 pounds of tacos is like, oh shit, I got two weeks to get my bike together, get in racing shape, right? Now I'm 842 pounds, god damn it, my bike isn't put together. So it was really cool seeing all these people just crazy going ham on their bikes right before, uh, you know, Right before the week before the races, everyone's blowing shit up. Motors are frying, coolant spraying all over. Uh, clutches are exploding like a uh, dachshund being screwed by an Australian man uh, without duct tape wrapped around us. An old duct tape joke. Um, yeah, like things were just going bad for everybody. Parts weren't getting delivered, probably because that part of the country was coming out of the freaking freeze, right? The spring thaw and the post office is probably having shit ton of trouble delivering all these parts out to all these weird racers in Wisconsin. And all of a sudden they need all their parts on the same weekend. And, uh, yeah, it was nuts uh, to say the least. And things went down. People moved off the board. People left the series, uh, came back, you know, this addictive, it's addictive to watch and it must be addictive to do. Um, but yeah, so then the second round was a little bit smoother. People still blowing some shit up. Uh, Nitrous Chris and Jason Goldmeyer, the two that I talked about, one is the premier, uh, spokesman and fast man on the board. The other guy is the, one of the creators of the series. And those guys are just so much fun to watch and listen and talk, uh, with, and right now they're battling for second and third. And of course, Michelle being the uh, series winner all the time, she is up there on top with her turbocharged, uh, I think it graduated high school this year. Um, she has a Hayabusa as well. And uh, in our interview, I told her that her her tagline could be to some cheese, cheese ball that's trying to pick up on her and say, dude. I've rode bikes harder than you. I popped wheelies harder than you. That's what it was. And so, yeah, she does. She launches. She fucking bunny hops down the track. She pops wheelies. Uh, all this shit, you know, she's, it's just fun to watch her race, too. Um, I haven't talked to her in a little while, but she did confirm that Chris, Nitrous Chris, is a big bullshitter. And he did, in fact, lose to her last time they went out. So we'll see what's going on. Uh, we'll see what's happening. We'll see if Chris... Uh, eating bologna and peanut butter and top ramen over the winter has paid off. Uh, I'm going to give you a rundown really quick of the top 10 uh, WIR's top 10 bikes senior class. This is like the MotoGP. Stock wheelbase is like Moto2. So we'll, we'll go into that. Uh, on the top, we have Michelle. 
she's not being called out because of the way uh, the rules work is that you call somebody out and for their spot on the list. And if they lose, you fall back. They can call you back uh, before they call the next person out. So there's there's ways that you can kind of get two buys and you don't have to, uh, you don't have to beat anybody really, but you can run if you want. So Michelle's sitting in there in top spot and nobody's calling her out because uh, Nitrous Chris is too busy in third spot, calling out the number two, which is Jason Goldfinger Goldmeyer. Uh, in fourth place, we have Dustin. I believe it's Dustin Durant. Uh, and he's being called out by fifth spot, Jake, which I believe is Big Body Jake. If you don't know Big Body Jake, he'll squeeze your head right off your shoulders and force it down your neck hole. Um, sixth and seventh spot, six, we have Ryan, uh, I'm guessing Skiba, uh, being called out by Justin who is in seventh spot. I'm guessing that's Justin Howe. Uh, eighth spot is Dylan. No, no P. So, or no T. This is, this must be Dylan Pulley. Uh, kicking it in eight. Looks like he has a buy. He's not being called out by the ninth spot, Dylan Tidrick, because Dylan is being called out by Preston, number 10. So, Michelle, Jason, Nitrous Chris, Dustin, Jake, Ryan, Justin, Dylan, P, Dylan T, and Preston. So Preston, he's a character too. His last name is Knipple, and I like to joke around and call him Pressed on Nipples because I think I'm so funny. What a total asshole, right? Um, but yeah, he's he's always up and down. Uh, him, Dylan T, and Dylan P, very good. You'll see a lot of Dustin, Justin, Ryan, Skyen, uh, Preston. Like a lot of names sound the same on this list, so you really got to pay attention. That's why Michelle, Jason, and Nitrous Chris got up to the top of the list. They didn't have to fight this uh, whole name game down there at the bottom. But it's going to be really interesting. We got one, two, three, four callouts. So that means that there is literally only uh, two people on that list Michelle in first and Dylan in eighth. They don't have someone coming after their ass or calling someone out to get a piece of ass. Uh, on deck, waiting to be part of this top 10 list, we have uh, Chris Minnick and Busa John. Busa John. Uh, riding a Zuma this weekend, I heard. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Zuma John, we could call him, I guess, for the weekend. But yeah, man, they are basically waiting for someone to fall off the list so that someone on deck can get on. So it's a really, really cool series. And they went from having just enough people to make it happen to people waiting to get on board now. So it is super, super cool and fun to watch. Um, Hey, guys, if you're listening, if you're hearing this right now, uh, Chris and Michelle have rights to the creative writing page, and I think they forget that. Have them take pictures. Have them take video. For God's sake, please hold it in the landscape position if you're taking video. For fuck's sake, we don't want none of that shit where you can not see anything. We want we want a broad. If somebody starts to get gapped, we want to be able to see it. When you have it in portrait mode, you just can't see that. You know what I'm saying? So please remember. If you have internet or you have a good data plan, please, Michelle and Chris, do some video, do some interviews, do all that great stuff. Uh, throw them up on our page and uh, write a few words about who's there. And if you want to be on the page and eventually maybe downloaded to our website, uh, go tell them. Say, hey, punk, you have editorial rights. The guy at Creative Writing is saying this right now. Um, whether or not you know that, you can post straight to the Creative Writing Facebook page, you idiot. And don't call them idiot. 
especially because Michelle's like a genius and Nitrous Chris is like a mad scientist, uh, they could get together and do something very bad to you. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about the stock wheelbase class before we uh, move on to some other things. Fucking wild stallions! Yeah, you like that rock riff there? So do I. Hey, listen, so here is the stock wheelbase class as far as I remember after the June, uh, June round. Um... So they had a lot of movement and a lot of these guys run in the same, uh, in the classes, you know, they'll, they'll run in stock wheelbase and the senior class. So the only rule for stock wheelbase class is that it has to be stock wheelbase. So if you got something that can charge with the big boys, you might want to run it to any other class too. Uh, here's how they run down. In first place, we have Dylan T who you might've heard me talk about in the, uh, last few there of the, uh, the, the, senior class couldn't think of, i had a senior moment they're trying to think of the word senior class so we got uh dylan t dylan tedrich tedrich you know what i'm saying uh dylan t jake ross dylan pulley uh aaron shoe mike bell aaron dassey Bo. uh we don't know Bo's last name i think it's Bo. Bo. um todd tedrich cody Babodi <laughs> and Matt Burke and uh let me see I don't on deck looks like is that another Cody two Cody's on with the K both of them spell K something's not right here something's not adding up but anyway so there you go um they also had a, a lot of movement in the stock wheelbase class everybody uh was talking too much shit but then some people actually pulled a little whoop ass out of their hat there had it hidden up their sleeve um i don't know if that's regulation at WIR uh Wisconsin or not international raceway that you can hold whip ass up your sleeve but uh some of them pulled it out and it passed tech so i guess it's legal um lots of movement though and this week we have uh from 10th spot matt burke ninth spot cody babodi uh eighth spot todd tidrich seventh spot Bo Bo. um those guys are not calling each other out looks like they're holding on to spots they're going to be probably racing each other uh for even matchup now we move from the sixth spot to the first spot call outs all the way so six spot aaron dassey is calling out fifth spot mike bell we could see a swap except for that i know uh mike appears to be pretty quick um so aaron dassey's no schlub as they say in the uh W-I-R lingo, but, um, but Mike Bell, from what I've seen and from what other people have told me, is pretty quick. Um, in fourth spot, Aaron Shu calling out Dylan Pulley. Hmm, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that one comes up. Uh, second spot, Jake Ross calling out first spot, Dylan Tidrich. Well, Dylan, he really moved his way up to the first spot uh, from the first round, I believe. I think he was way down in 17th, and he just like shot up to first. So uh, there's not even 17 spots on this list. You see that was humor there. Um, but I think he was down in like fourth or something like that. Lots of movement uh, vertically for him. And Dylan Pulley, I think, also moved up. Jake Ross, I forget because I pay attention to him more on the senior bike class than the stock wheelbase, wheelbase 
but stock wheelbase. Yeah, it's easy for me to say too. Um, the stock wheelbase class, but he's in second calling out first. So he's, I mean, he's getting faster and faster on both boards. Uh, if he sits up in first tier and moves up on the other board, um, yeah, we might have a monster on our hands, folks. Um, so anyway, yeah, check that out. WIR top 10 stock wheelbase bikes and WIR's top 10 uh, senior bikes. If you go to their page, which is WIR's top 10 bikes on Facebook, you can check Check all this out. Talk, uh, you know, see all the shit talking, all the taco eating, um, all the list moving, all the great bird watching. You know, there's, there's, these guys are deep. There's so many levels, uh, so many different things going on. And there's also the secret squirrel shit where they try to build up, uh, kind of trick you and fake you out by showing you a fucking airplane intercooler or some shit like that, or the nitrous bottle they're going to use. And it's really like a fucking gigantic scuba tank. Um, yeah, it's interesting what sort of stuff they put on here and then what sort of stuff they really do. Like I'm telling you, pull out of their hats there at the track. So WIR top 10 bikes, check them out folks. And you guys remember when you're racing tonight, Chris and Michelle, you post to the damn creative writing page. All right, let's move on to less important stuff. Not that it's any less important. You know I love me some flat track, right? I love talking about the flat tracks, whether it is the national series or the hooligan series or hell, even the local town series. Uh, I just love, I hate cars going in circles, no NASCAR, but I love bikes going in circles on dirt. So uh, this weekend, the Greasy Wheels Quarter Mile comes back. Uh, I think it's actually the Rolling Wheels Half Mile. There's a bunch of half miles here in the middle of the season. Um, it's going to be in New York. Eldridge, I believe, is the name of the town. I could be totally wrong about that. Uh, but they're predicting thunderstorms. Um, so we'll see how that all plays out. They... Don't always, you know, they don't always not race when it's raining, but the very likely, depending on how bad it is, they they might. So it's um Elbridge, New York, Rolling Wheels Raceway. Now, uh, this is gonna be where we just tipped past the half point of the American Flat Track. Uh, mid-season, like the ninth round was uh, the last round, and there's 18 in the series. So this is, we're on like the back nine, folks. If we were playing golf, which we're not, we're riding motorcycles, damn you. But um, but yeah, so here we are going into the second half of the season, pretty strong Indian as far as a manufacturer standpoint, having a pretty good lead. I think Brian... Smith edged out uh, Meese for the lead, um, especially the last round where Meese um, at the Lima half mile. And for fuck's sake, everyone's calling it Lima. It's not Lima. It's Lima, like a Lima bean. Every damn... Watch it. You'll hear the announcers talking about it here tonight at Lima, blah, 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 Lima. Um, that just tells me you're not watching the show. You need to show your work, class. Show your work. Um, but anyway, yes, the Lima Half Mile, Jared and Nicole Meese presented it like a, what is it called? Like promotion promoters. They promoted it last year. He won it last year. This year, he uh, so bad, he flubbed it, dude. He jumped the start twice. They gave him a 10-second penalty. That dropped him down to 11th place. Uh, ninth place is the transfer spots, usually, unless you, unless you make a LCQ or something. So I guess he did that in his semis and did not make it onto the main. Had to watch from the sidelines. Um, and so, yeah, so with Mies out, 
and Baker and Smith going at it, I think. Uh, you know, Baker pulled off a second. That was pretty good. I'm surprised Smith didn't do better. I was trying to remember where he finished last year. But um, Jeffrey Carver Jr., Sammy Halbert, a lot of the guys that did uh, pretty good last year, if, I, if my memory has served me correctly, um, not even doing well this year. You know, the main guys, we had... Pardon me. We had Jeffrey Carver Jr. up there who he normally, I mean, he's not terrible guy. He's, he's up there, you know, he's, he's just off the podium all the time. And he finally got on there. Um, and third spot, Brad Baker, the only Indian in second, um, Briar Bauman, who I think is dating Shayna Texter, probably got some pointers from her. She had a bad start in her race and she came up uh, to finish six. I think she's still in the points lead, barely behind or uh, with Stollings behind her, I believe. Um, I just mentioned this last week and I already can't remember. God damn. And I don't even smoke weed or anything stupid like that. I fall on my head a bunch, though. That's probably what my problem is. Um, but anyway, yeah. So it took a, took a week off going back to this half mile. It's going to be really interesting to see how it pans out now that I think, uh, you know, a Kawasaki Ninja being on the top, basically, uh, it's not, I, I, you know, Kawasaki would theoretically have to win a lot. And I'm sure Yamaha's got something that they're going to pull out here, especially at like maybe one of the TTs, but, um, a little confidence shaker for Indian and finally a reprieve for everybody that's complaining about Indian. Even though if you look in the singles class, I dare you to look at a race where a Honda didn't freaking win. Um, so why don't you complain about Honda? Um, instead of complaining about Indian winning everything. Um, so yeah, that's about that. Uh, I did find out, uh, I was talking last week about the born free stampede that took place at Costa Mesa Speedway. I really wanted to find out who won that because I know uh, a lot of people here from the SoCal area were racing that and a hell of a lot of people showed up for born free, just like they did from here out to mama tried and all that great stuff. So, uh, wanted to keep tabs on that. I don't, it's not part of Roland Sands, uh, hooligan national championship, but, uh, important nonetheless to me. So I finally found out who got the top three spots. So that's, I guess what I'll announce the hooligan expert class was Mikey Hill, who I believe is Mikey virus from, uh, he's a rusty butcher team member, uh, Brad Spencer and Jason Clements. And I don't even know who the fuck, what uh, order they came in. Uh, that I just know that those two guys placed. It was important for me to find out. Um, hey, other stuff going on this weekend besides flat track racing, besides awesome drag race action happening. Uh, July 8th, uh, the Paris quarter mile oval. Hell on Wheels going to have some hot summer night racing. Obviously not their hot August nights racing because not August yet. But uh, gates open at 1 p.m. Go check that out. I believe um, there's going to be a bunch of peeps there from uh, SoCal, uh, obviously being in SoCal. But some of them have been on our show is what I'm trying to say. Um, X Games. You ever hear about that? The X Games going to Minneapolis, uh, the Mall of America. Harley Davidson flat tracking is going to be there with uh, July 13th uh, to kick off the inaugural event in front of one of the top tourist destinations in the country. That's from ESPNMediaZone.com. Um, so, yeah, that is interesting. I heard about that from a couple of people here that I follow on Instagram, local builders and whatnot. One of them being Scott 
from Noise Cycles, uh, showing his awesome bike at Born Free 9, and then heading over to uh, Minneapolis to go race at the Mall of America. Um, this isn't the inaugural racing, as far as I know. They've done flat track at the X Games before, so I'm not 100% sure what they're talking about when they say the inaugural. Um, but there's also going to be Super Hooligan um, finals there, too, to correspond with the, with the uh, flat track stuff there. So that's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, July 11th, if you are friends with the uh, Fox Valley Litas, you may know already that they they do Shop Talks, Tuesday Shop Talks, I believe the first Tuesday of every month. But, you know, it was kind of like 4th of July, this one. Uh, and so basically they pushed it off to the week after. Not 100%, but I think there's going to be like something going on Moto America-wise or World Superbike-y at uh, Mazda Laguna Seca this weekend. Uh, the Rusty Butcher dudes I wanted to mention also heading out to the X Games. They're probably going to be at the Hell on Wheels thing this weekend too. I would not imagine that they'd let something like that go uh, unridden right in their backyard. Also, this weekend out at, oh, I want to say it's at March Air Force Base, uh, the Air Force Museum or whatever the hell it's called, but I could be wrong. Yep, March Airfield Museum is the Rattletrap Stampede. It's a, like, vintage car and motorcycle show. They're going to have uh, music, vendors, food, beer, all that great stuff. Uh, what the fuck was that noise? Never mind, either I'm hearing stuff or something really made a weird noise in here that didn't pick up on the microphone. God dang, every time I record in here, I swear there's like some new ghosty thing that happens. I don't even believe in ghosts. Speaking of ghosts, the ghosts of vintage motorcycles, uh, the AMA Vintage Days is happening at Mid-Ohio. That's, I mentioned, where the misfits uh, are going to be in Cleveland Moto. That's why they're not taking part, I believe, in the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge because either they forgot or they're just too busy having fun, you know, riding weird, weird, weird bikes around that only exist in these crazy old men's collections anymore. Uh, Enough about that. More events coming up specifically sort of in the L.A. area. Um, the I mentioned on a couple of shows ago the Coast to Coast ride, the um, Black Girls Ride, third annual Coast to Coast from L.A. to New York. That took off, oh, a couple of weeks ago. It started on the 3rd and it ends on the 17th. So they'll be wrapping that up here pretty soon. Uh, again, this weekend, at uh, if you know where Cook's Corner is out in Trabuco Canyon. If you went to Born Free, it's like the place to go. It's kind of out there. The uh, third annual MotoFam fundraiser. If you don't know what MotoFam is, it's like a cool organization that helps uh, motorcycle riders who you know don't have insurance or that have had crashes and have high bills. They kind of come together. We are like a Moto family, and uh, they do a lot of fundraising for their organization. So they're going to have um, you know a raffle, barbecue, drinks, music, all that great stuff out there at Cook's Corner in Trabuco Canyon from twelve to four on July. It's going to be really, really hot. I'm telling you, uh, high heat advisory. 
in uh, LA for the next week. Um, the women's sport bike rally happening up in Big Bear. I go to Big Bear uh, a couple times a year usually, and this time of the year, it's beautiful up there. It's kind of out of the heat, not quite out of the smog of LA, but it's going to be the 14th through the 16th of July. Uh, women's sport bike rally, uh, there's going to have seminars, rides through the hills, you know, gear demonstrations, all that stuff. Joanne, Joanne Dawn from Gear Chicks, uh, Gear Chicks, what the hell, from GearChick.com, um, I believe is her website, but from um, the Motorific podcast, her and, I don't think Christy Farrell's going to go, I, th- I, I just listened to their podcast this week too, and she, one's coming out and one's going like east to Michigan for motocross or something. Um, the SoCal Swap Meet, of course, that happens uh, the 30th of July, it's usually like the last Sunday of the month. And so the, I think a lot of the guys that went to born free this year on, you know, bailed out and actually went to the swap meet on Sunday. I think noise, rusty butcher, both bailed on born free, went to the swap meet. Sounds like somebody's trying to make some money for this, uh, you know, the X games travel and travel fund and, Fucking Rusty Butcher has about 8,000 sportsters they have to maintain and all that stuff. So there you go. Um, Hot August nights, yet to be determined from what I see on the particular website that I'm looking at. But we know it's going to be in August. That's a hell on wheels. Um, They have their drag races that are coming up. Their Trans World Mag Race. Um, The Hot August nights. Not 100% sure. I have not seen... uh, hair nor hide probably because they're kind of uh, organizing the event that's going on this week at Paris. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen when hot August nights is going to be happening. Usually they have a time and a place picked out by now. Um, but I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. I just took a break to look at another site and I can't see the, this, uh, the Vienna Paris is what's being shown right now. They probably will have a hot August nights. They also have a Halloween hill climb, which is usually as close to Halloween as possible. You never usually afterward though. Um, SoCal swap meet of course happening, uh, again in August 27th and July 30th. So yeah, if you look at the end, end of the month there, like the last Sundays. Um, something I did notice here is Babes Ride Out 5 is coming up. Like, man, we th- that's not till October, but I'm already looking and there's stuff for, you know, September and August that we're going to have to start uh, taking into account here, mostly because like shit, J- July is going to be halfway over soon. And um, I, wa- I wanted to look here and point out that Sturgis is starting up pretty soon. Um, Dirtquake is starting pretty soon. Dirtquake, I believe, is July 21st and 22nd or something like that. I want to talk a little bit about Riders on the Norm. Uh, their world's galaxy's largest mini bike race coming up. I'll get those details for you. Uh, they got the uh, Chopper Camp out at the Twin Rivers happening August 18th and 19th in Crumpler, North Carolina. Please uh, don't crumple your bike in Crumpler. Uh, also seen on their page, Flat Out Friday and uh, Mama Tried. Uh, our help sponsoring a hooligan class at Aztalan uh, Speedway or Raceway, July 15th and July 16th. You're going to have to look up and see where the hill that is. I don't even know where the hill that is. 
everybody. I'm going to cut you loose here. It's about an hour and 36 in. That's usually where I like to call these things quits. Uh, I am going to get you the info for the galaxy's largest mini bike race. Even if I have to, have to call down there to the boys at Riders on the Norm myself and find out when that's happening. I've listened to their podcast all the time and it's a little bit unclear. I'm a little foggy on the details. Uh, anyway, if you got an event that's coming up, uh, let me know. Email the show creative writing podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can get a hold of us there. Check us out on Instagram at uh, Creative Writing Podcast, Facebook at Creative Writing Podcast as well. Check us out on Tumblr, creative writing.tumblr.com, and check us out on the web, creative writing.com, and not creative writing. Writing, no. Writing, yes. Creative dash writing. And uh, we're also on Twitter at creative underscore writer. And where the hell else are we? I can't think. We're, we're all over the place. But you can check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Pocket Cast, uh, Google Play Store, uh, Downcast, um, a bunch of casts, Pod Cruncher, Bean Cruncher, Cloud Fader, uh, Whistle Booter. Um, you can check us out on Ear Humper, um, Brain Thumper, uh, IQ Lower, a um, bunch of places where we're at. Wherever you get your podcasts at, you can probably find us there. Uh, if you don't, uh, email the show and tell me, A, first how the hell you heard about this show, and B, what the hell. So anyway, yeah. That's uh, that's it for this show. You guys have a safe and wonderful week. We'll be back next week. There's a few things I had on the plate to talk about uh, that I did not. Um, one of them being that road rage thing that gone viral. About you know the Ducati thing and the road rage thing totally went viral while I was gone. Uh, another one that I might want to talk about is the beef tariff that didn't go away. And uh, a VW turned into a motorcycle. Not only did I see one when I was out trying to get my letters for the old uh, Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge, but uh, there's a story about them in Brazil that I want to talk about. Also, check out our friends at loudpipes.com. Check out the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. Keep your knees in the breeze and the whoop ass up your sleeves.